1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic are in pre-season action against Bannock Ostrava. Josh Doig seals his £3 million move to Italy and there's plenty more League Cup matches on the go tonight. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna. I can only imagine how excited we're all going to be by the end of August with this transfer window because by the middle of July it has been terrific. I think Robbie Matondo, Rangers' fourth signing. Celtic out in Ostrava with some of their pre-season signings 2-1 up at half-time and we've got players moving out of the country in big deals you know Calvin Ramsey to Liverpool Lewis Ferguson to Bologna and as you say Josh Doig to Hellas Verona Yeah as you say Roger it is all happening and I'm sure you've got something to say about it at home 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB whatever is on your mind tonight whether it's signings whether it's pre-season friendlies like the one that Celtic are playing in at the moment it's half-time in that game against Banneker Strava they're 2-1 up maybe your team played in the League Cup last night and you have some thoughts on it maybe they're in action tonight and you're heading along to it we want to hear from you 0141 but it is half time in that uh, friendly between Celtic and Banneker Strava Roger it is 2-1 to Celtic at the moment they went 1-0 down Kyogo and Matt O'Reilly have turned that one round and it's actually quite an interesting atmosphere as well because it's Banneker Strava's 100th anniversary and this is their sort of celebration game and it really doesn't have the feel of a pre-season friendly at all because it's got a packed crowd in there, there's a huge atmosphere, the game's actually been disrupted a couple of times because of you know, ticker tape and things like that being thrown from the stands. Yeah, um, it's very unlike a pre-season friendly, as you say. It's more like a Champions League qualifier or a Europa League qualifier. Really good atmosphere from the stands. Uh, Celtic, obviously very attractive opposition for the Banacastrava centenary game. It has been quite a party atmosphere in the stands. And the tempo, because of that, Andrew, the tempo's quicker on the pitch. It's probably going to be a good workout for Celtic, I would suggest. Yeah, and Celtic went with a very strong starting lineup as well. I'm sure that will change as the players come out for the second half, but it was Joe Hart starting in goal. The back four, Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Welsh and Taylor. McGregor, O'Reilly and Turnbull, the midfield three. Forrest, Jota and Kyogo were the front three. So that is very close, Roger, to a stronger team as Ange Postacoglu has available for this game. Yeah, um, I noticed no Hatati or Maeda in the squad today. I wonder if they've got little niggles. I'm sure Ange Postacoglu will explain all after the final whistle but it is a strong squad there will be changes I would think if not at half time very early in the second half because it does look quite a warm night in the Czech Republic Andrew Celtic come home I think tomorrow they've got Blackburn Saturday back out to Poland next midweek for the Arthur Boric tribute game in Warsaw against Legia then it's Norwich and then very very close to the start of the title defence yeah, playing in this type of atmosphere in a pre-season friendly can only be a good thing, really, yeah. because a lot of the time, pre-season friendlies, they can feel a bit slow, yeah. the, the pace of the game isn't great, but this really you know, looks competitive. Yeah, I'll take you back just seven days to, to when you and I did this show. Last Wednesday night, I think they were taking on Wiener Victoria and some... Yeah, um, it just looked like a junior ground in the Austrian capital, Andrew, and it, it was a walk in the park. 7-0, could have been 17-0 and you do wonder at that stage about the, you know, the worth of a game like this but Rapid Vienna at the weekend was a step up 
And this looks another really competitive game tonight in front of a big crowd. I think this will do Celtic the world of good. Well, let's hear from you at home. 01419511025. You did talk about, there's been a few signings since you were last yeah. in here with us, Roger. One of those was Rabi Matondo, who signed for Rangers yesterday, the Wales International. What do you make of that one? Well, listen, it's been interesting because we spoke, there was a few Rangers callers last Wednesday night looking for more signings. At that stage, John Souter was the only newcomer, if you like. And we said... You look at the balance of the squad, what we described, I think, is the front four centre forward and the offensive players round about them. The Rangers needed to sort of reinforce there. And since then, Antonio Kolak, Tom Lawrence, and now Robbie Matondo have all come in. And it really has strengthened Rangers in that area. Um, Kolak, we haven't seen much of, other than scoring for Malmo at Ibrox last season. He only got 45 minutes in the game against Sunderland that was uh, called off because of the power failure in the Algarve on Saturday night. And I think. Rangers could probably do with games We talk about the benefits Celtic getting from these games I think Rangers starting at Blackpool on Saturday They then get games of quite a high quality coming up You know, the likes of West Ham The likes of Tottenham in there Those games will be very important to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst To get the likes of You tell me last week, Cholak? Cholak, Antonio Cholak Cholak, Lawrence and Matondo up to speed Let's hope that's right anyway. 01419511025. I'm delighted to say that we are joined on the phone by Lawrence Mora, who's a Welsh football expert. Of course, a couple of those Rangers signings are Wales internationals, and he is here to give us a lowdown on them. Lawrence, how are you? Yeah, very good, gents. How are you? Hi, Lawrence. Good, thank you. If we start with Rabi Matondo, Rangers signing him yesterday. Just first of all, what can Rangers fans expect from Rabi Matondo? Uh, well, with Rabi, you can expect plenty of pace, plenty of excitement, plenty of tricks. Um, and the big thing for Rabi, and, and the one thing I think all Wales fans have been sort of watching over the last couple of years in terms of his development, is that final product. He's um, he's a he's a great kid. Like uh, you know, as a as a person off the pitch, he's a he's a wonderful character, really good fun, down to earth lad. Um, so yeah, so uh, it's one of those that you all you want to succeed. Really want to succeed, but he's had a tough few years. You know, he made that decision to leave Manchester City quite early uh, in his career to go to Germany. It didn't quite work out at Schalke. I think that was kind of a, a combination, maybe between him settling uh, his rawness, but also Schalke at that point kind of going through a real bad patch in terms of turnover of players and uh, and managers. Um, uh, but but he had a really good season last year in Belgium. So so yeah, we, we we've seen flashes from Rabi. He's got plenty of potential, but it's very raw at the moment. Yeah, he moved to Schalke and a, a big money move. It was a mm. few years ago, I think around eleven million pounds. Was you know he showed plenty of promise as a teenager that that he had real potential. Yeah, absolutely, and um, it, it was you know it was well boasted that he was uh, he was one of the quickest in the Manchester City squad, even at sort of a tender age of sort of fifteen and sixteen, he was in there beating some of the senior players in his sprints. So he is absolutely lightning, um, and and he was he was really well thought of there. He started off at Cardiff, and uh, Manchester City came calling for him quite early as well. So uh, so he he upsticked from Cardiff as a as around about sort of thirteen or fourteen year old. Um, and headed to Manchester City for a couple of years, and then of course Schalke came in uh, as well for him. So, so he, he is well travelled. He certainly doesn't mind sort of putting the miles in and, and very focused on his career. But um, 
But yeah, I think the time he spent in Belgium, what we noticed when he came back in June this year and played for Wales in the Nations League, is we saw Rabi had filled out a little bit. He's obviously been working in the gym and working hard there, so his upper body strength was was looking good. Uh, he still had that pace, and uh, and it's just that end product I think that that he needs to work on. And I think that's one of those things that just comes with with games and game time as well. Yeah, is there a feeling that this move to Rangers is what he needs in his career, a, a fresh start going somewhere else with a, a fresh pair of eyes, maybe more regular game time? Yeah, there was there was plenty of talk um, from from my understanding uh, in Belgium and, and they made quite an impression there uh, in his time and, and that that uh, that there were there was sort of Anderlecht as well were looking at him and and some of the bigger bigger top teams because he went to sort of a mid mid table team there and Sean so so there was definitely interest in that respect I think coming back to Britain works for him um, at, at this time of his career he really wants game time though obviously with Wales in the World Cup um, coming up in in November you know he really wants to make a make a good run for that uh, for that tournament and um, and put himself in the window and. Uh, I, I would assume that he goes to Rangers thinking I'm going to get plenty of game time. They're going to have loads of games in a short space of time with their uh, European commitments as well as the league. So yeah, I think I think it's a really good move for him. The, t- the two lads, Lawrence and Matondo. If you were to ask them, where's the, where would they prefer to play? What side or does Tom play as a number ten? Where, where are they best suited for Rangers this season? So Rabi's kind of an interesting one. He, he plays really, I suppose, on the left-hand side of a three for Wales when, when he plays uh, at international level. And I think that's probably his best position. There's been times where they've tried to, to so, that, so that he can cut in on his right foot, basically, for, uh, for, for Rabi. So he kind of, he can show down the line a little bit on his left. He's got that pace to get by them, but he does like to kind of cut in uh, at pace and, and sort of take and fire off with the right foot. So, so that 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 would be his preferred position. I have seen him playing kind of down the middle, and again, it's that on the last shoulder of the defender and and the pacing behind, which really scares defenders. So, um, so yeah, so he can play across the front. Um, in terms of Tom Lawrence, I think he likes to play a little bit deeper. I think certainly for Derby and under Wayne Rooney last year, he was playing kind of a much more of a deeper role, trying to get him far more involved in the game uh, and the build-up play. Cause he's uh, he's got that kind of real good ability to get past a player and to, to pick a pass uh, and a fierce shot on him as well. So, um, so yeah, so, so quite different players in terms of, uh, in terms of their, their abilities on the pitch and where their strengths lie. Um, for Tom, it's a kind of, it's a really interesting one. Obviously a couple of years of struggling with Derby, but in terms of actually sort of turning his career on a different path. I think his time with Wayne Rooney last year was really well spent and he was, he was made captain, which I think sort of raised a few eyebrows for us here in Wales because he's a quiet lad. He's not uh, quite, quite unassuming uh, in many respects, but, um, but obviously Wayne saw something in him as a leader and, and he, from what I, my understanding at Derby, he did a really good job. Yeah, I'd looked at Tom Lawrence's recent record for Wales. He didn't go to Euro 2020. I don't think he's been capped in over a year. Wales have played around 20 games in that time. Why is it that he's dropped out the Wales setup at the moment? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And we had Wayne Rooney last year saying that um, uh, he and Robert Page should put personal personal differences aside and uh, and Tom should be in the squad. And uh, when we asked Robert Page about that, uh, his uh, his response was that there's, there's no personal problems here. Um, Tom was upset about not being in the uh, Euro squad uh, in the summer of 21. And so they had a different opinion of that. But um, I think for Rob Page, he feels that 
He's got a squad of players that he took to the Euros. He's got a squad of players that's developed slightly from that in terms of the, the autumn that went beyond that. And then he's, he's kept faith with, with those players. And uh, he's very loyal, is, is the way he described himself as a manager when we were talking in this situation. And I, I think that's just where, where it lies for Tom, is that he, he sort of got his squad of 26. And anything beyond that, if there are a glut of injuries, maybe he'll call Tom in. But it does look a little bit like he's sort of frozen on the outside for as long as, as Rob Page's manager. But, but you know, this is football. Things can change in a flash. And, uh, and, and if Tom goes there and makes a really good, uh, good name for himself at Rangers, and, and why not as well? Because he definitely has the talent. Uh, and judging by last season with Derby as well, that was you were seeing the sort of application and maturity come through in terms of his performances as well. So... So yeah, so I, I think he I think he'd be an important part of the the squad for Wales, and and you look at some of the players that are in there, and are they better than Tom Lawrence? It's it's really arguable to be honest with you, but you know that this is where we're at at the moment, and all Tom can do is just keep going out there, keep performing, and keep his name in the headlines and the pressure on to to get him back in the squad. Well, thank you very much to Lawrence. That was some great insight into the Welsh internationals, Ravi Matondo and Tom Lawrence. And uh, we're definitely not jealous that you guys are heading off to Qatar <laughs> later on this year. But thank you very much, Lawrence. So sorry, guys. So sorry. <laughs> no problem at all. That was a very good insight, Roger, to see exactly what Rangers fans can expect from, from Matondo and Lawrence. Yeah, I'm interested. Well, I always thought when Rangers... You know, building the squad this summer, they might go for somebody right-sided. You know, Ryan Kent has nailed down that left-sided role for, for many a year now. Um, you know, I thought it would go right-sided or even a number 10. It sounds, you listen to Lawrence as if Robbie Matondo's best position is out there on the left. It sounds as if Tom Lawrence prefers to come deep off that number 10 role, if you like. So, you wonder if that means someone else is getting pushed out to the right. Scott Wright has maybe done enough to, to cement a starting role there. Does Ryan Kent go to the right-hand side to accommodate Matondo or are there more signings to come? Does it sound to you, based on what Lawrence said there, that Rangers have filled the gap that's left by Joe Aribo or would you expect Rangers to still be looking in those areas I, to bring another number in? I can't imagine it's six weeks ago to the end of the window that Rangers' business is finished. I think there'll be more players coming in. A lot will be dictated by what happens to Kent, what happens to Alfredo Morelos as well. They've both just got a year left in their deal but even if the two of them stay beyond the window closing, I, I think Rangers will still do business and I still think you'll see somebody right-sided coming in. Yeah, there certainly had been a link with Malik Tillman of yeah. Bayern Munich. That's one that has been uh, touted, certainly. He would fit that mould of an attacking midfielder. Yeah, I, I see every summer, Andrew, that at the start of summer, I'm going to take a note of every <laughs> single player that Celtic and Rangers are linked with during the transfer window. Hey, it keeps us all, going. All, all 711 of them. <laughs> um, and about 11 of them actually sign. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I still think there are more players to come in, even if Kent and Morelos stay. Yeah, would you expect there still to be more money to be spent as well? You look at the deals that Rangers have done so far, around £2 million on Cholak, a, a similar fee, £2.5 million on Matondo. You've then got Tom Lawrence, who was a free transfer. You've got John Souter, who was a free transfer. It's not as if Rangers have gone out and splashed the cash so no, far. No, no, listen, they haven't, but you know, they, I don't think you would expect either club to spend every pound that comes in. Um, that £10 million for a rebo, it's not all up front. Only getting some up front, some of it's down to add-ons and what have you. So it'll be interesting to see what what other business they do. They may well wait and see if they're in the Champions League group stage. Draws on Monday, they've two rounds to navigate to join Celtic in the group stage, and maybe then when they're guaranteed the riches of the Champions League group stage, that's when they'll go back in. 
Well let's hear from you at home 01419511025 While we had Lawrence Mora on the phone there Jorgis Jakimakis scored an incredible overhead kick Yeah, um, he missed a sitter two minutes before And then somehow smashed a spectacular goal in off the underside of the bar It was a, a terrific finish But a big Greek striker Celtic well on top in this game Now they're behind after seven minutes But they've turned the game and it said Kyogo equalised Matt O'Reilly scored uh, midway through the first half Giacomakis, as we said, had a sitter, missed it And then scored a fantastic goal for 3-1 And I think if there are more goals to come in this game I think they'll be coming for Celtic Yeah, there are plenty of changes in the second half I'll read out the starting lineup for you Against Banneke Strava It's Hart in goal, the back four Ralston, Carter Vickers, Welsh and Bernabe The midfield three, McGregor, Idiguchi And Turnbull, Abada, Giacomakis and Maida The front three But that will be promising for Ange Postacoglu That, I know it's only pre-season But Kyogo's back amongst the goals again well he never stopped scoring but the fact that it's you know the, the it's in pre-season and he's scoring Jakimakis on the pitch not long on the pitch another goal for him yeah listen Golden Yellow tell you the strikers like to get back into the groove and that's both Kyogo and Giacomakis scored um, Kyogo a routine finish inside the six yard box nothing like as spectacular as Giacomakis but all the goals are just as important and they will be vying for that centre forward role next season It'd be interesting to see a lot of the time last season Andrew They didn't play together You know just because of injuries to, to the two of them At different stages One played or the other played Very very seldom did you see both Kyogo And Giacomakis together Giacomakis finished joint top scorer The Premiership with Kyogo just behind them It'd be fascinating to see if they're both fit For a prolonged period of time In the first half of the season prior to the World Cup Just how Ange Postacoglu accommodates The two of them because I think he would like to accommodate the two of them Yeah well there are competitive fixtures happening tonight as well There was League Cup games last night There are League Cup games tonight as well Our reporter Gabriel Antoniazzi Is looking ahead to Kilmarnock Against Partick Thistle Yeah thanks Andrew And good evening from Rugby Park Ahead of Kilmarnock against Partick Thistle One of five Premier Sports Cup matches Taking place across the country tonight Both teams come into the match Having won their opening fixture in the competition And they know that victory this evening Is almost certain to guarantee That they will top the group And progress to the last 16 Both sides are unbeaten so far across pre-season And they met here twice last campaign It was in the Championship of course It was one win apiece So expect it to be tight here again Though Killy are now a Premiership club, perhaps that will give them the edge. Derek McInnes has already set his sights on Hampton in this tournament, so you know how seriously he's taking this game. Whilst Jags boss Ian McCall told me yesterday just how important this trophy is to their club. It's a nice evening here in Ayrshire. We've got two of the best teams in the competition at the moment going head-to-head against each other. Hopefully, we'll see some new signings as well. The music just coming on. Fans will be here shortly. It looks set to be a cracking evening. Yeah, plenty of interesting games on the go tonight. And after the break, we'll be taking a look at a couple of Celtic transfer targets. And we want you to get involved as well. 01419511025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141951025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Celtic still 3 1 up in their friendly against Bannock Ostrava. It was Jorgos Yakimakis that got the third goal in that game. There's Premier Sports Cup games tonight as well. Aberdeen against Dumbarton, Arbroath against Cowden Beath, Clyde are hosting Bonnie Rig Rose, Partick Thistle travel to Kilmarnock, and Wraith Rovers are up against Peterhead. Let's go straight to the phones. John is a Celtic fan in Cope Bridge. John, what's on your mind tonight? Evening, Andrew, Roger. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hi Roger, it's, it's mostly you Roger obviously uh, I, I was reading last week uh, on one of the Celtic blogs that apparently Big Tom Rogic is back training with Celtic right now and I know they've, they've not have Celtic Rangers ex-players training them but I know he's actually um, knocked back a big money move to one of these uh, Arab countries so uh, do you think there's any chance that he'd make a U-turn and come back and play? Uh, no, I don't think so, John. He was photographed in Sydney with a friend just at the start of this week. Um, I don't think he's back training with Celtic. Whether he's he's going to come back or not, there's a plan in place. I don't know. Celtic are obviously in the Czech Republic. They come back tomorrow. I certainly hadn't heard that. It would surprise me because he did have a year to go in his deal. Um, he asked to go. Celtic allowed him to go. They didn't need to. Just a lot of it to do with his friendship with Angie and the length of service he'd given to the club. But it'd be interesting to see where Tom's next move is. I think it'll be far closer to home in Australia. John, is that something you would want to see Tom Rogic coming back, or would you want to see Celtic target some, you know, other players in that area? No, obviously I would love to see him back. I've been on here a lot. Roger knows Rogic is a game changer on his on his days. The best player in Scotland, so he was. I'd love to see him come back. But uh, I just, if this is one of the blogs, Roger. It's quite a good one. No, I mean, it's it's always it's always up to date with stuff. It was just last week or the week before I'd seen that and. I just, I just thought to myself, well, I'd be brilliant because I know he's still had a year in his contract to go and, as you say, they let him go for his friendship. Popular player, you know, you, you remember the goals he scored in the Old Firm games, he got that winner against Aberdeen in the last minute of the Cup final. I think Celtic supporters will always remember John, immensely popular. And I think that's part of the reason that, you know, Celtic supporters gave him such a, a fond farewell at the end of last season. They had beat on as well. You remember Tom coming off the pitch, I think it was at the Motherwell game, in tears. Um, but, He's you know he decided to move on with his career. Interest, I think. I think it's unlikely he'll play for Australia again either. He seems to have stepped away from that. Um, I'll be fascinated to see what club side he signs for because you wouldn't like to see a player with the quality, the talent of Tom Rogic going into an early retirement. You like to see him carry on his playing day somewhere. Yeah, when Tom Rogic has gone to the trouble of negotiating a, a way out of Celtic with a year left in his contract, the fact that he felt he wanted to leave at this point, and you know Celtic um, decided you know yeah. he could have his wish, yeah. it would be extremely surprising if he was then to turn around and, and come back to Celtic Park. Yeah, I, I, listen, I would agree with that, and it, you know it's pers- probably personal reasons, family reasons. Tom's decided to go back just to, as I said, he was pictured with friends in Sydney at the start of the week over there. Um, he hasn't got a club. At the minute, whether he's eyeing a club in Sydney or not, I don't know. But you would like to see Tom Rogic play football again, certainly, Andrew. John, what's next for Celtic in the, the transfer market then, if it's not to be a return for Tom Rogic? Well, his mother point was going to be there. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm up in the night, so I'm, I'm up. I'm taping, I'm taping the game. I haven't seen it, but Matt, I watched the, the game the other night, and to me, his body language tells it all. Christopher Julian is not interested in fighting for his place, and the quicker Celtic try and get shot to him, the better. And I would also, also, Roger, as I said, I'm on about we Mikey Johnson. To me, that guy's got abundance of talent. And, and maybe with Harry Kuehl there, it'll bring him on a wee bit. 
right? I know he's injury prone, but I think for that boy as well to go out and loan a Celtic, to, I think he would flourish at another club. So I do, but I just I don't think he's future at Celtic. And I think there's too many people in front of him, Roger, in that position. I, I, I would agree with that, John. I think time has just moved beyond Mikey Johnson a wee bit. It's a great shame he's got terrific talent when he's fit. But he just hasn't been fit enough, not just during Ange Postecoglou's time, but previous managers as well. And and we're watching Celtic. I, I won't spoil it if you've taped the game by, by telling you all the ins and outs of the games. But you know, you know yourself in those wide areas. Jota's now a Celtic player on a permanent five-year deal. Um, Lila Bada, young player of the year, is there. James Forrest signed a new deal. He's there. Dyson Maida can play in that wide role. He's there. I think there are too many players now ahead of Mikey Johnson for that first team shot. And whether it's a, a loan move, as you say, a permanent move, as you say, I, I, I tend to think Mikey Johnson, again, I don't want to spoil it for you, but he's just coming on for Celtic tonight. I think his future lies away. Julian, he's coming on as well just now for Stephen Welsh. I'm not sure about body language. I I, I still think that he, he doesn't look, and I'm not going to say it's a knee injury or any type of injury. I think Christopher Julian needs 12 or 15 games to get up to the speed that he needs to be at. And Celtic can't afford to give anyone 12 or 15 games to get fit. Um, I'm not sure what the future's going to hold for Christopher Julian. Um, I'll be fascinated to hear all the detail, if we ever find out, about why the move to Schalke didn't take place. But in the action I've seen of him so far, and he's going to get, I think, another 22 minutes in Ostrava tonight, I think Christopher Julian looks a bit off the pace. I saw that he'd posted on social media a few days ago It was a, a photo of him training And the, the caption said something along the lines of Seize the moment That was after yeah. the, the Schalke deal had fallen through Those are the words of someone that is, is wanting to fight for their place But it's hard to tell exactly, as you say, where his future lies If Ange Postacoglu has indicated that Maybe it feels his future's better away from the club Then if his body language isn't looking great, as John says Then maybe that's understandable Yeah, yeah well listen I don't think John or any other Celtic fan would argue the first choice central defensive partnership when everyone's fit is Carter, Vickers and Starfield now at the minute Starfield isn't fit he got that injury for Sweden in the Nations League at the end of the season so it looks as if Stephen Welsh is the first reserve if you like to go in alongside Carter, Vickers so Julian at the moment even with Starfield out isn't a first pick in that Celtic defence and it looks to me you know he's a big lad he was never the quickest anyway it looks to me as if he needs regular football to get close to where he was before. I don't think he's going to get that regular football in this Celtic team, Andrew. Regardless of Julian's situation, does Celtic need another number in there anyway? Or do you feel that is dependent on I, what happens with Julian? I think they do need another number in. Um, I'll tell you why, because Nier Beton's left. Nier Beton was the, just that sort of makeshift centre-half at times of injury or times of suspension and he could come in and cover. I don't think... And Ange Postecoglou might have a completely different opinion on this, Andrew. I think Celtic going into a season with four centre-halves and one of them is Julian, who's hardly played for 18 months. They've got Champions League football, the defence of the league title, the defence of the Premier Sports Cup, a Scottish Cup campaign. There'll be players away at the World Cup as well. There's an awful lot of football coming up for Celtic. I think you'd be better off getting another centre half as cover. Well, thank you to John. Make sure you don't tape over that Celtic game later on. 01419511025. There have been a couple of names linked with Celtic over the last week or so. One of those today, I saw a couple of links. Sky Sports and Fabrizio Romano were uh, both tweeting about it for 
Paris Saint-Germain midfielder Edward Michu, yeah. 19-year-old yeah. midfielder. The talk was that Celtic were pre- preparing a bid of around £2 million, played seven times for the French champions last season. That certainly is a, a position that you know John was saying on the phone there. Yeah. It's a position that, that Tom Rogic was op- occupying last season. There are a, a number down in that yeah, position. Absolutely, they are. A few recallers we've had in the show in the last couple of midweeks, Andrew, have spoken about Celtic's need to get a sort of deep-lying pivot, as they talk about these days, to allow Callum McGregor to play further on. And I've tried to argue... Celtic have tried to get that and they can't find anybody better than Callum in there so I still see Callum McGregor as that pivot with two just in front of him now O'Reilly's there he's scored tonight Turnbull's there Hatati's there but it looks as if Ange is, is looking for one more in that area um, it'll be interesting to hear what he says about Michu tonight because all of the speculation so far has come from the continent but the boy looks as if he can play a bit he seems highly rated um, he's been in the PSG First team But he is an offensive player He's a forward going Midfield player So Maybe he is viewed As A replacement for Tom Rogic Then again Of the 711 That have been linked Maybe he's one that's not coming Well Banneker Strava Have got a goal back It was yeah. just moments after Christopher Julian and Boston Lowell Came on as the two Centre backs Cameron Carter-Vicker uh, Carter-Vickers And Stephen Welsh Both went off But Banneker Strava Have pulled a goal back Yeah um, It had literally been one-way traffic um, The only time we saw the Celtic goal in the second half Was when Benji Segrist came on as a substitute for Joe Hart And when the play raged to that end of the pitch You half expected to see Benji Segrist tuned into this show Because he had nothing else to do in the half um, But Celtic with chance after chance This game should have been way out of sight Abada, Giacomakis, Maida Have all the chances spurned And sometimes that's what happens You know, Ostrava break up the pitch Completely against the runner play In the game to an extent is back in the balance at 3-2 Yeah about 16 or 17 minutes to go In that game We'll keep you updated Another name that Celtic have been linked with Over the past uh, few weeks Ange Postacoglu has even Talked about it himself Is Dylan Reid of yeah. St Mirren Just 17 years old Has played a few times for St Mirren now By all accounts Celtic are in talks With St Mirren over a move Stephen Robinson talking about that today I'll just let you hear what Stephen Robinson Told Sky Sports on that today we're a club that has to develop players and have to sell players. You know, we believe Dylan's a, a highly rated young talent that we can we can develop here. We're a club that produces players. It's an academy system that produces players. There's no fewer than six young kids training with us at the moment. Kieran offered to you know make a game to start on Saturday. Came on with brilliant and other young kids in and around that. So for me, it's a, a very good club for young players to develop. Again. Dylan and his advisors and family have, have decisions to make but you know I don't think he needs to look too much further than here to develop Well Celtic have just scored a fourth there as well I think it was Giacomacus sent through one-on-one his shot was saved by the Banneker Strava goalkeeper and it was Leila Bada that tapped into the empty net for 4-2 but Stephen Robinson talking there as if Dylan Reid is a player he would still love to see stay at St Mirren despite yeah. the fact that it looks as if that deal is getting closer It's been a strange summer actually because Moves involving decent sums of money for very young players has been, has been really prevalent this summer. You know, you think Rangers have brought in the likes of Conor Young from Hibs, Bailey Rice from, from Motherwell, they've brought in lads from Partick, from Inverness, the, the lad Lovelace from Millwall, the lad Bell from Everton. You look at Celtic lost Ben Doak. If you remember, Rangers lost Rory Wilson. There's Hibs who have lost Conor Young to Rangers, but then go and sign Ruben McAllister, the son of Jamie. I think they spent a six-figure sum to bring him mm-hmm. from Bristol City, age 16. 
So different to Dylan Reid is He's actually had a bit of first team football At St Mirren Unlike the other lads that we'd mentioned really um, It sounds to me as if The fee won't be the problem um, Maybe Dylan and his advisors and his family Are just hanging off You know, he's, He has been linked with the likes of Benfica There has been interest from south of the border And now teams know what the level of fee is I think maybe there's going to be a little period of abeyance while they see if other teams come in and match it, maybe even go higher, Andrew, and that, then we'll see where his future lies. That huge activity that we've seen of players of, of that age range, 16, yeah. 17 years old this summer, this seems like a big knock-on effect from the Brexit rules that have come in yeah. in place. And it's now, you know, English clubs are now looking at Scottish talent because it's easier to pick up young Scottish talent than it is talent on the continent yeah. now. Clubs in Scotland are then feeling that, well, to counteract that, we need to bring in young talent of our own yeah, and it seems to be creating this merry-go-round yeah, of young yeah, footballers. Yeah, absolutely moving. right. In recent years, pre-Brexit, the Manchester Cities and Chelsea's and Liverpool's would go anywhere in the world and bring in the young talent. Now with the work permit rules, they're prohibited from doing that until guys get to you know 18 years of age or older. So they can't go and get the talented 16-year-olds. So they come to Scotland. Liverpool sign Ben Doak, Aston Villa sign Rory Wilson and then football's food chain dictates that Rangers and Celtic then go to Motherwell or St Mirren or Hibs and go and get their players and then Hibs they go to Bristol City and pinch their players so it is it's a sort of transfer market all of its own Andrew Dylan Reid is an interesting one for Celtic because Ange Postacoglu was asked about him he said that that was more to do with the, the B team and the academy rather than the first team is that why Dylan Reid has such a big decision to make because if he's already played a handful of games for St Mirren's yeah. first team and then potentially he goes into Celtic and he's then going into the B team where he's playing in the fifth tier of Scottish football he needs to weigh up where he wants to be playing his football Yeah, 100% um, Stephen Robinson strikes me as the kind of guy who, who will throw in the youngsters You know, since he took the job after Jim Goodwin went to Aberdeen he's regularly name-checked Dylan Reid and Kieran Offord you heard, you heard the interview today young Murray Campbell who I think maybe still to turn 16 and has been involved in and around the first team squad um, there are plenty of other players he's name-checked as well so Dylan Reid if he stays at St Mirren We'll see first team action this season He would have seen first team action under Jim Goodwin as well to be honest But he'll certainly see first team action Under Stephen Robinson If he goes to Celtic Celtic now are at a level They're playing in the Champions League Andrew. They're at a level where The midfield is consisting of Callum McGregor and Rio Hitati And David Turnbull And Matt O'Reilly and, and players like that Before they, they sign any more glamorous players Before, before the window closes So in reality, Dylan Reid's not going to get into that first team anytime soon. Is he content to go to the B team and to go to places like Trinent and Spartans and East Cobride and play his football there next season? Um, it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do. Well, we'll be taking a look at Josh Doig's big money move to Italy and the Premier Sports Cup games that are on tonight. It'll also be closing in on full time between Celtic and Banica Strava. Celtic 4 2 up. So, anything you want to chat to us about, 0141 951 1025. 0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's lead leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141 951 1025 on the phones. And it's just good to have competitive football back in Scotland
Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this group stage of the Premier Sports Cup. I think it's good. I think the fans enjoy it. Gets them out early. Um, it's probably better than you know the old routine of pre-season friendlies. Nobody really liked them. Andrew. This, this gives everyone the chance to hone their fitness ahead of the league campaign. You know, I'm sure Gabriel will enjoy it tonight down at Rugby Park for Kilmarnock against Partick Thistle. I know Daz is away to Kirkcaldy for Wraith Rovers against Peterhead tonight. You know, he just can't get enough of these. These, these midweek games So You know It's it's good to have football Proper football I saw a bit of Falkirk against Hibs In the TV last night A bit of a bloody nose For the first time For, for Lee Johnson And his new look Hibs side So um, It's good Yeah well Let's go back to the phone Simon is a Kilmarnock fan On the line Simon are you heading to the game tonight? Yeah I'm so Just getting ready to, to head Don't live too far from the ground So should be there Should be leaving in a wee bit How far do you live from Fraserburgh And did you go there at the weekend? Unfortunately, it was a bit messy, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a very interesting afternoon. We'll just put it that way. Um, can't really remember much of the game, I'll be honest, but um, it was a, a good result and you know a couple of good goals when you see them back. So uh, please drink responsibly, everyone at home. But yeah, uh, they've taken away the regionalised part of this uh, League yeah. Cup draw, good. and Kilmarnock then got drawn against Fraser. I'm sure they were delighted about that. I spoke to Derek McInnes the other day and. Um, not sure he was too delighted about having to travel up there on the first competitive game of the season. Oh, Derek knows all about it. I think he was saying his son had played up there in a youth game. He'd been there, and he, he, a few of the lads he had at Aberdeen over his time there had finished up at Fraserburgh. So, not the first time he'd been in that neck of the woods. Don't think it bothered him at all. I think he was just happy to get football going again. You go to these places, Simon will tell you the only important thing is getting the result. They got the result, and it will be a very good game because Ian McCall has got. Partick Thistle in decent shape and I think Simon will enjoy it tonight. Yeah, Simon, how confident are you heading into the match? Yeah, yeah, very. Um, you know, we had the better of Partick Thistle except for the, the one game where, where they scored with a Zach Rudden scored with a goal that was offside, but um, you know, that was the only time they've beaten us, I think, since twenty sixteen. Simon, but, Simon, come on, I was at that game, never <laughs> offside. I covered that game for Super <laughs> Scoreboard. Eh? An early one nil and then Kilmarnock huffed and puffed, couldn't score well, an equaliser. Well seen, you're an Air United man. That's uh, <laughs> there. Um, no, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to looking forward to the game. Looking forward to the season. Actually, I think uh, Denny McInnes is the kind of manager who, he, whenever he's interviewed, he says what the fans are thinking. So you know, I've been worrying about the lack of pace in the team, for example. And you know, in his interviews, he said that's the the thing he's looking to bring in. I think the signings we brought in so far are steady. I think Kerr McInnoy is going to be a good signing. Um, I think he's going to be a, a good prospect. Alan Powers steady. You know, the boy we brought in today um, was on trial at Hearts. I think that's a really interesting one because, by all accounts, Hearts were going to offer him a contract and for whatever reason didn't. He's played three times for them in pre-season. A big defender from from England. So I'm really looking forward to to seeing him, Joe Wright. Um, So hopefully, you know what McInnes has said, we've got the kind of, I don't think he used the word, you know, boring signings, but we've got those kind of ones that are easier to get in. And the next five signings are going to be ones who are straight into the first team. If you've got one position, Simon, one position to pick, would you, do you pick someone to play up front with Lafferty? No, because I think Holly Shaw should do that. Um, I really liked him last season. I think he's got he's got all the attributes. He's really quick and he's the kind of guy who will buzz around Lafferty when he kind of does the hold-up play. I'll be honest, the, the, the player I would bring in is a winger. I, I, a good fast winger John Jones has been mentioned it's been heavily rumoured that he might be coming back uh, I would take that in a heartbeat he's the kind of player who takes you up the park you know he's, he's maybe assist aren't great his assist numbers aren't great but we've not had somebody since Liam Miller really left that brings the team up the park and we really need that although 
McInnes, it looks like he's going for a three-five-two. So whether you'd have whether you trust Jordan Jones at a wing back or whether that would change the system, but I would have said central defender before today. But um, really happy with the the guy who's came in. He's he's got a lot of good experience in England, and again, almost getting that contract to Hearts. You know, he, he's obviously no mugs. So yeah, looking forward to to that as well. I didn't see too much of him. How important was it to get the goalkeeper back? Is that coming? Oh, fantastic! He's a uh, He's an absolute star. I think if you look at any of the Kilmarnock social media pages or anything, everybody fell in love with him. You know, not just because he's football, because he was a very good footballer. I've not seen a goalkeeper that comes off his line and takes crosses as well as he does. But um, he bought into the town. You know, he, he moved here. You know, a lot of players moved to Glasgow. You know, he bought into the town. He made friends with a lot of the fans. You know, after the game, when we won the won the league, he was uh, with the fans pretty much all weekend. He, you know, he's bought into that aspect of it. He said that you know him and his wife, they've just had an, or his partner just had another baby, and I think they're bringing him up in Kilmarnock. So, you know, hopefully then that's the sort of thing that at the end of the season, you know, his contracts up with Middlesbrough, maybe persuade them to stay, and we could maybe make a bit of money on that. But yeah, he's a really crucial signing as well. Roger Simon mentions Jordan Jones, and you'd probably be forgiven for not remembering that he was at St Mirren in the second half of last season and mm-hmm. had a, a short loan spell there. Didn't make too much of an impact, but. Could you see him going back to Kilmarnock? Uh, I could see him going back to Kilmarnock, yes. Not in a 3 5 2, I have to tell you. No. Um, maybe in a 4 4 2 or a 4 2 3 1. I certainly would, I would worry about what happens behind him in a, in a 3 5 2 if he was a wing back. But he played his best football at Kilmarnock. Probably under Steve Clark that, that won him the move to Rangers in the first place. Didn't work out there. He's been sort of hit and miss, wigging in places like that, Andrew. But sometimes. Footballers just find a home in a certain place, and maybe Kilmarnock and Jordan Jones are that sort of you know match. Yeah, well, thank you to Simon. Hope you enjoy the game tonight. Another transfer story I wanted to touch on today: Roger Josh Doig completing his move to Hellas Verona and a deal worth around three million pounds. Twenty-year-old played seventy-eight times for Hibs after breaking into the first team. He was named the Scottish Football Writers Young Player of the Year the season before last, and it's another Scottish player going over to play in Italy. It is, and it's really good. Um, for many years, I always lamented that too few. Scottish players either had the opportunity or took the opportunity to go overseas and when you do look at how well Ryan Gold's done look at how well Aaron Hickey did just come back to the English Premier League for £18 million so Liam Henderson's doing well over there Lewis Ferguson's gone now Josh Doig is gone as well Jack Henry is in the Scotland squad having done so well in Belgium I think it's fantastic so many of them are there Lawrence Shankland an older player if you remember is in Belgium as well the more the merrier and you look at the fees that are coming in for yeah. some of the young Scottish players. Lewis Ferguson, that fee could rise to three million pounds. Josh Doig's around three million pounds. Calvin Ramsey as well going down to Liverpool. Clubs are managing to to hold out in Scotland and, and get good fees for the young players at the moment. Yeah, and what a summer it's been for Aberdeen. You know, up to eight million pounds for Calvin Ramsey, up to three million pounds for Lewis Ferguson, another million. And the Scott McKenna deal because mm. Nottingham Forest get promoted to the English Premier League, so they will spend. A slice of that I saw a bit of them At Peterhead at the weekend They've lost a lot of players Not just the ones they sold The ones they freed as well I think Jim Goodwin Will need to do A bit more business Before the end The fee for Josh Doig Will allow Lee Johnson To do more business At Hibs And I've seen them last night He needs to do A bit more business There as well And any money Especially big sums Of money like that Andrew Coming into the game can only be good because hopefully it will filter down the game here in Scotland. Did you see the Josh Doig unveiling that uh, Hellas Verona did on their Twitter? Yeah. You know how clubs like to do creative ways of announcing their players. Did you understand it? 
Because I had Why was it James Bond themed? What was What's the link there Between Josh Doig And James Bond I could not work it out For the life of me It was him putting on A, a suit jacket Am I being silly here Or is there I'm, something I'm, Obvious I'm missing I, I'm considerably Older than you I don't understand <laughs> 95% of the things That happen in social media I did have a chuckle Yesterday when Bologna Welcomed Lewis Ferguson By promising to put on Square sausage And iron brew At the training ground At least that's Scottish James yeah. Bond isn't Scottish That didn't make any sense Whatsoever Exactly Although I did hear one of my colleagues in the Sun office today getting a row when he suggested Arriva Doige as a headline. Oh dear, oh dear. Was that you that did the telling off? No, no, it wasn't. No, but it would have been if someone hadn't beaten me to it. Oh yeah, that's... Uh, I'm not sure that's going <laughs> to do too well. Right, anyway, that is uh, yeah another Scottish player moving to Italy. Looking forward to seeing how Josh Doig and Lewis Ferguson do over there. Looking forward to seeing what the results of the games in the Premier Sports Cup are tonight as well. Plenty of matches happening. We'll bring you the reaction to those tomorrow night. Celtic has just gone full-time and they're friendly with Bannock Ostrava. A 4-2 win for them. I'll be back tomorrow night. Mark Wilson will be in the studio with me and stick around tonight because it's Callum Gallagher who's up next. Next.